This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Sylvester Stallone with the number one chart-topping flop, Drunkenstein, right here on 80s Revisited. I am your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, in the producer booth, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And that's right. Okay, enough of this voice. It's hurting my already upset throat. (laughs) We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, So wait until after Thanksgiving to turn your stomachs with one of the often maligned, worst, widely considered worst movies of the 80s. Now, we've done some bad movies on here, and we found some, you know, at least a spot of good in some of them. And I will say this, going in, just so I'm not, you don't think I'm totally hating on this movie, there is some good in this movie. Not a lot, but let's talk about it. So, mm-hmm. Rhinestone came out June 22nd, 1984, just a couple months before my wife was born. Uh, IMDb, 3.9. Definitely one of the lowest. I think Garbage Trail Kids might still be the lowest uh, movie that we've ever done in terms of IMDb ratings. Rotten Tomatoes, 14% critics. However, twice as many people in the audience, over twice as many people uh, that went to saw it, see it, liked it better at 35% fret, uh, still rotten, but 35% of the audience liked it. Estimated budget on this thing, $28 million. What? I don't know where it went. I don't know. I mean, now now the, the car stuff in the beginning and the cab yeah. was pretty nice. Like, uh, you know, some extensive like uh, driving in New York. That kind of stuff, and then I guess the rest of it was for Dolly's rhinestone and and the the rhinestone outfits in the movie because <laughs> the movie's called Rhinestone, and believe me, you have never seen so many rhinestones except maybe at the Grand Ole Opry in the eighties. Mm-hmm. But uh, it did open with five point four million, which isn't necessarily bad, but that was only good enough for number four on opening weekend. This thing got beat out by Ghostbusters, which was number one in its third week. Gremlins was number two for the week in its third week. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom beat it still at number three in its fifth week. So there was no, nobody really cared about this. This was, I mean, honestly, let's be perfectly fair to the film. You're opening, competing with Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Temple of Doom still fresh. Yeah, you ain't got a chance in hell. No matter, you know, I mean, it it would have been like, you know, Top uh, Top Gun or another Rambo or another Rocky to even, you know, compete with those at the time. You're talking three of the best movies of the 80s open in front of you. So, yeah, you know, so necessarily it didn't, you know, you have to understand, you have to place this movie where it belongs because it's going to get hated on a lot and is hated on a lot. And rightfully so, but we'll talk about it. 
domestically, it would go on to gross, however, $21.4 million, seven or 6.6 short of its estimated budget. Therefore, it lost money. Now, let me tell you, like on paper, this sounds like it could be something pretty good. You got Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. you know, the writer, star of Rocky, and First Blood at that point, I believe. Uh, you have Dolly Parton. Uh, I think this is before 9 to 5, but I mean, still one of the biggest music stars of the time. And it's written by Stallone, who, of course, wrote Rocky and other, you know, he's a very good writer, this film notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then it's also directed by Bob Clark. And now Mr. Robert Clark is a, especially this time of year, so it's actually thematic to do it during, uh, you know, technically the Christmas season, because Bob Clark directed A Christmas Story. So he's a veteran of the podcast. And he also directed the 70s pre-Halloween slasher, Black Christmas, and also Porky's. So very accomplished director, I'd say, of the time. And a, a pretty good director uh, and cinematographer. Hold on, sorry, I got a little ahead of myself. This was written by Phil Alden Robinson, who only wanted story credit. He also did Field of Dreams, which is great. But he also did Ghost Dad, which stars mm-hmm. everybody's former favorite TV Dr. Dad in the form of... Billy Cosby. Uh, enough said about that. Uh, but Stallone uh, did extensive rework on the screenplay. And of course, in terms of his writing, Stallone's got Rocky 1 through 6, Creed 2. Didn't write Creed 1. Just got story credit, or character credit on that. All the Rambos, Over the Top, the Expendable series. And so Stallone can write a movie. He's not a bad screenwriter, I would say. Uh, he's a very specific screenwriter. Boxing and Commando <laughs> in a post-Vietnam world. Uh, stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he's definitely not a bad uh, writer at all. I mean, the screenplay for Rocky, I mean, Rocky one is, you know, and that was his first like big, big movie. And that mm-hmm. was, and to be your first big one, you had a lot to live up to. And Stallone, much like we learned Wes Craven in October has a lot or has several missteps in his career. And this is definitely one of them, but we'll get to more on that in just a minute. But cinematography was by Tim, uh, Timothy Galfus. Uh, most notably, he was a cinematographer on Lord of the Rings. Oh, not Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, the '80s animated Lord wow. of the Rings, Less which, impressive. <laughs> well, honestly, at the time before Peter Jackson, mm-hmm. that cartoon, which, which had some of the best cover art ever uh, on the VHS case, uh, was pretty badass for uh, you know uh, for its time. It had that kind of wonky animated style, much like uh, uh, oh, what is it? Watershed Down. Am I thinking the right thing? Uh, and I think uh, so. oh, what's the other? Black Cauldron, kind of like. Sort of, yeah. you know, it's sort of wonky looking. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of weird. But I mean, there were scenes in that as a kid that, you know, kind of scared me at the time. Mm. So uh, for the time, the animated one is is great. But uh, does it hold up today? Well, maybe we'll find out on a future episode of 80s Revisited. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he was a cinematographer on a cartoon. So I'm really not sure how that works. Because, uh, I mean, I mean, are you just, I mean, you're just lighting the cell or are you like, consulting the animators are you doing it post you know i have no clue how that works in animation but nevertheless that's what he did you know this film doesn't look bad i mean it looks like you honestly it takes place in new york but it to me it feels it looks like las vegas i just kept getting this this looks like las vegas uh 80s las vegas you know it looks kind of dirty but it's all bright and pretty but you know everybody in this club has at least one or two stds so Hmm. you know it's just kind of it's got an underbelly to it but I do honestly, I do like the look of this film in the city, in the club. Kind of remind me of uh, Scarface as well, all the club scenes in there. Uh, so, yeah, now let's get to the main cast here. And it's I don't, one of the shortest cast lists we've had in a while. 
Uh, of course, I'm giving top billing to none other than Miss Dolly Parton as Jake, which is a strange name yeah. uh, or a lady. But of course, veteran of the podcast, nine to five, uh, straight talk, and one of my wife's favorite films, Steel Magnolias. Uh, and of course, multi-million selling platinum uh, country music star for, let's see, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, for 60 years. So yeah, high, high uh, respect and praise for Dolly. And she, and, uh, and you know, She's great in this movie. She's Dolly. I mean, she's. It doesn't like. It's not like she ever plays anybody other than herself. Uh, and I'm not. You know, normally I would like, for example, Jonah Hill. He to me, he always plays himself. He just plays an exaggerated version of himself. He's the same person in every movie. Seth Rogen, et cetera, et cetera. But you go to them for that. But Dolly, I feel. I mean, she she plays in a ton of TV movies too. But like in terms of like, she had a little a brief stint as a movie star for a while. Nine to Five, Ryan Stone, like the ones we mentioned, Steel Magnolias, uh, for a while. You know, for a few years she was pretty. You know. You got a Dolly Parton movie uh, every couple years or so. But she always played herself because if they were going to put her in a movie, they cast her to play that part. It's not like you put Seth Rogen in a movie. Uh, well, I'll give Seth Rogen credit. I mean, and I like Seth Rogen. I'm not talking shit about him. But uh, Observe and Report, I think that's his best movie. He was great in that because hmm. he wasn't quite Seth Rogen. Uh, you could do that way. So uh, I love Dolly in this. She, you know, when you, when you see Dolly Parton on screen and she smiles, you cannot help but just smile. She's got that charisma that just bleeds through the screen, much like The Rock, uh, I'd say. So, you know, The Rock and Dolly would be a great, you know, buddy cop movie or something. I don't know. We'll work it out when our 80s visited, uh, when Elon Musk gives us our billion dollars to start our television uh, 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 film studio. And uh, I give second billing in this film to Sylvester Stallone as Nick. And of course, everybody knows who Stallone is. Rocky, Rambo, Expendable, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, one of his other <laughs> missteps. Yeah. Although... I don't know. I haven't watched it in forever, but I remember at the time that movie being pretty funny. But again, I was a child. So don't hold me to that opinion. When is that? 80 up 92. Sorry, folks. Can't talk, can't revisit it here. <laughs> but uh, he actually did that movie because he thought Arnold was signed on to do it. And he wanted to beat Arnold to the punch in doing that movie. So there's your little behind the scenes, a uh, little wow. bit of 90s revisited there. I profess my love for the Van Damme Street Fighter on this podcast. And I will anytime I will die on that hill. That movie is amazing. For the reasons I've said before, but Van Damme has admitted he was coked out of his mind making that movie. Where's this going, Trey? I'm glad you asked, Trey. Stallone in this film seems like he is on every drug known to man. He is just so like I have wired. never. Yeah, ex I have never seen. I can't think of a movie where he was this wired. It was just like it was crazy. I was like, he is just all over the place in this movie. Like just, hey, blah, 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 like just talking 90 miles an hour, jumping around. Like you've never, if you haven't seen this movie, you have never seen Stallone act this way. And uh, I'll get into it later, but he did win the uh, Razzie for worst actor. And yes, I agree a hundred percent. This is the worst acting he's ever done. Uh, now again, uh, well, we can finish the cast. And I'll touch on that. Uh, Richard Farnsworth, the late, great Richard Farnsworth, I'd say, was Noah Do uh, Dolly's dad or Jake's dad. Uh, he was in Misery. He was the cop in Misery that uh, Annie Wilkes uh, takes out. And then, oh, sorry, spoiler alert for 90s Revisited. And he was also in The Straight Story. I think the only David Lynch movie on Disney Plus. So <laughs> you can watch The Straight Story on that. And I, honestly, like, you, you want to talk about, like, a difference, you know, Stallone acting crazy in this movie? You know, imagine David Lynch creating a traditional movie and then go watch straight story a uh, really great movie about a guy driving his tractor across the country so if you like david lynch and even if you don't you might enjoy it it's, it's a pretty good movie uh ron liebman was freddie hugo or fu as his initials say haha -ha, wink wink uh, he has an interesting filmography he was in zorro the gay blade which 
I've heard mentioned before, but I've never seen. Uh, one of the worst films ever made, in my opinion. Worst, I would rather watch Rhinestone twice than watch Garden State once. It is the most pretentious piece of crap movie I've ever seen in my life, and I despise it. Uh, he was also in Norma Ray with Sally, uh, I almost said Sally Jesse Raphael, <laughs> Sally Field, which he won her Oscar for, if I remember correctly. And uh, Tim Thomerson was Barnett Kale. He was hilarious. I liked him in this movie. He was, a, he was that, you know, you have those people that play those 80s, like uh, bullies or just that slime ball. Uh, Rod Liebman was too, because he's a total creep in this film. But Tim Thomerson is Barnett Kale, the competing country music star where Dolly's from. He was pretty great. I really enjoyed him. He was also in Near Dark with the late, great Bill Paxton, Air America with Mel Gibson and uh, Iron Man. Speaking of Iron Man, Iron Eagle. And he was in tons of television, 208 credits. So he's in the 200 Club wow. of uh, character actors. So, you know, you've seen you've seen him in something, I assure you, uh, whether you know it or not. And then, uh, again, there's a ton of other, like, just miscellaneous people. And as we were talking uh, with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles last episode, there's a lot of character actors in that movie in these little parts that were actually bigger parts but cut down. But uh, one of the hecklers in the rhinestone is a gentleman by the name of Dean Wayne, uh, what's spelled W-E-I-N. So I'm assuming it's Dean Wayne, like Sean Bean. Mm. Uh, is how I'm <laughs> choosing to pronounce it. But I put him on here because uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, he did some stunts in Big Trouble in Little China. He does tons and tons of anime voice work, everything from Ghost in the Shell to Trigun. But the thing that I had to put him on this list for, he was the American voice of Jubei in Ninja Scroll from 93. Oh, cool. One of my favorite Japan, you know, I don't know, I don't know how you, I don't know the correct terminology these days. When I was a kid, it was manga video. We called it Japanimation. Anime came on later, but then manga is like the written. I don't, I don't know. But Ninja Scroll from '93. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Can't do it on the podcast because it's not in the '90s. I mean, the '80s. But it is my personal, absolute number one favorite uh, adult animated movie. I guess you know, not you know, non Disney. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the greatest action scenes animated, period. Uh, but he's the American voice of Jubei, which when I got manga video, which I've told that story many times, they always came dubbed. It was never subtitled. Or at least maybe you could have picked it, but I picked dub because I didn't know what the difference was. But I'm glad I right. – excuse me. I'm glad I did because like I've, I went on that spiel a few episodes ago. So you had to put him on here because he is the voice of Jubei. And if you've seen Ninja Scroll, you know what I mean. So, but he's a really accomplished voice actor, done a lot of stuff. So, definitely have to give him a shout out. So, now me and Jesse were talking briefly pre-show. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Rhinestone, just so you know, it is on YouTube. However, it's about thirty minutes shorter because yeah. the runtime is an hour and fifty-one minutes. And Jesse, you were actually watching on YouTube, and you said it was one twenty-one, if I remember correctly. Oh uh, yeah, it's like one twenty-six. Also, the uh, the everything skewed to avoid the um, the sensors. Oh, so, yeah. So it kind of gives yeah, you a little headache if you watch it. Because Stallone's looking for every copy of this to uh, erase them from <laughs> the internet, perhaps. <laughs> but you can still watch it. It just looks a little little wonky, but, you know, you don't need to yeah. look wonky. It's it's more of a listen movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, w- I would agree with that from the middle, the whole middle part once he leaves the city. Yeah. I find the city stuff to be, you know, it's such a – it's time stamped of the 80s because yeah. uh, he's driving down – I'm not, I've never been to New York. It's one of the few cities I've never been to, or big cities in the United States. I haven't made it to New York, Chicago, uh, two cities I want to visit, but I haven't been to. But you know, it's so time stamped. He's driving down. I don't know the street, but I do know that you know Giuliani before he was a total dick bag. Like cleaned up a lot of the porn theaters, where there's like scenes where he's driving in his taxi, going by the porn theaters, and you know, old New York, '80s New York, early '80s New York. 
So it does kind of capture that feel, I think. And if the clubs were like that with Dolly Parton singing, hell yeah, I'd be there every weekend. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it's, you can watch it. Now, do I recommend you watch this movie? Only if you want to say that you've seen it. <laughs> There's no real reason to watch it. It's a uh, passage. I, yeah, I saw it. I'm, I know I saw it a long time ago, like when my parents rented it, but may, I don't think I paid any attention to it because my parents love country music. And when I was a kid, Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton was my favorite song. So I was always aware of Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers as a kid. So it was like, oh, that's Dolly Parton. Oh, she's pretty, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You know, of course, as a young child, you know, where I was looking, uh, much like every character. I will say this. I got to say this before I forget. <laughs> There's a scene. You're, it's coming up when we're watching it now, Jesse on YouTube, but when he first sees Dolly Parton, he's like swerving right. to almost hit this guy and he pulls up in the curve and he gets, hey, did you see this guy? And he does this like split second look at Dolly and like, <laughs> and then immediately goes back to it. It is a great comedic moment. It is the funniest part of the film and it's in the first 10 minutes right after the, pretty much <laughs> right after the credits finish playing. That's kind of, yeah, you're right on it right there pretty much. Okay. But uh, that made me like, I was like, okay, maybe this is, you know, this ain't so bad. This is, this is starting out. Okay. Stallone's a little manic, but this seems funny. And then it quickly just, <laughs> I love Sylvester Stallone. I think he's a great actor. He's absolutely not a comedic actor. He doesn't, he has, here it is right here. We're watching it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great moment. It's, it's great. That is, that is a little brilliant <laughs> moment that again, visual joke and audio podcast yeah. uh, that, that unfortunately does not continue for the rest of the film. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, you had like a Tom Hanks or somebody a little more, not that Stone isn't quote unquote lovable. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I mean, he did, he's Rocky for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, everybody loves Rocky. If you don't, you're not human. Uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's just, he's not, I, I think he's trying too hard to be funny. And I think that might be the case. I'm not going to pretend. I'm just assuming, cause I'm not gonna pretend to know what, you know, a million multi-million dollar super successful actor was thinking. All right. Uh, it does seem like just, he had know, something to prove. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't prove anything except don't do comedy. So that he would return to comedy, would stop where my mom will shoot. And uh, I think Oscar, I think it was a movie where it was like a mob boss or something. Yeah. Uh, Same but Stallone director, is. Right? I think I'm so. not sure. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, uh, for that m movie you just said, Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Oscar? Oh, yeah. 91. No. Uh, oh, no, nope, it's John, John Landis. Landis. Oh. Come back, John Landis. All right. Okay. <laughs> Murderer, John Landis. <laughs> yeah. But any, uh, he did American World for London and Thriller, so I got to give him credit for that, but that's that's the only thing I'll ever give him credit for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, Stallone, he's, I mean, he's great at drama. You know, Arnold, he's a better actor than Arnold. You know, when you, when you want to talk about the big action stars of cinema, especially in that era, you know, can Arnold act? Yes, in specific roles. You know, I will say this, Arnold can do comedy. Arnold can absolutely do comedy drama. It, I don't buy it when, you know, like when I with actual drop, like with, uh, you know, still Schwarzenegger could not do Rocky, but Stallone could not do kindergarten cop or uh, jingle all the way or junior or twins. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, Stallone's strength is action and drama. Schwarzenegger's is action and comedy. So, you know, I mean, no, not, not many actors can do it all, you know, but yeah. what they do, they, I think they do very well. So, you know, it's not necessarily a dig against Stallone or Arnold either way. It's just, uh, I think they both have their strengths. Not that Stallone isn't funny either. Don't get me wrong, but this, he's trying too hard. It's just, it's just like, dude, calm down. Just take a breath. And then when he's singing in the church or uh, the funeral, which is supposed to be, a, which could have been a funny gag, but really just didn't play out good enough. Yeah. Uh, 
in the film. So yeah, if you want to watch it, like just says on YouTube, it cuts 30 minutes out of it. You're not missing anything. I don't know. Well, I can't say that. I don't know what it's cutting out, but I know it has that scene where he looks at Dolly. <laughs> so yeah. you got the best part of the movie right there. And you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's a very, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was a straight up like kind of comedy, but it's the laughs are so few. It's like a, just a boring drama. Uh, and just, I mean, Stallone is just, I mean, it's really just, I hate to say it, it's cringy. It's just really, it's bad. It, it, I think that's the real blemish on this movie. I think it, it would have been much well, much more well-regarded if it was somebody other than Stallone. Or he just calmed his performance down. He's on 11. He's doing Spinal Tap. He's on 11. He needs to be on a 6. And from what I kind of read on uh, some Wikipedia and IMDb, like Stallone actually thought that it was going to be more of a drama at first with a different director. And then Bob Clark walked in. And he's like, Oh, so now this is going to be like a comedy. And this scene we're watching now where he's, it's bad. It's bad people. Like it's, I'm telling you, uh, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what else to say <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> Am I glad I watched it? You know, it, I mean, I don't, do I feel like I wasted my time? Eh. Parts. <laughs> uh, they definitely, this movie did not need to be one fifty one hour and 51 minutes. Definitely should have been an hour and a half if they wanted to make it a comedy for sure. Uh, I totally didn't think they would go like to back to you know the country and then back to the city. That was kind of you know it was typical like train. Almost like it was almost like a Rocky movie. He gets plucked from obscurity <laughs> for this one time gig to you know save Dolly Parton basically, and they go you know instead of to Russia in part four, uh, Rocky four, they go to the country to learn how to sing because you got to go to the country to learn how to sing and you yeah. got to ride horses and you got to walk like you got jock itch. And all sorts of stuff like that, like they talk about in the movie. And, you know, go to bars. And and the, and the thing is, you know, Dolly's songs in this movie are great. Every other song in this movie is garbage. Like, and, if, and you know, that's a key thing to me in terms of like, a, especially a movie that's sort of a musical. I mean, if you're going to be a musical, the first thing that for me to like you or to like a musical is there has to be a song, a, a song in the first one or two songs. Or let's I'll go. I'll be fair. One or three first first few songs. They just kind of grab like, oh, I like that song. Mm. I'm interested. I'm, I'm waiting to see if there's another good one, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Dolly's singing. It's great. You know, classic 80s, classic Dolly. Uh, she comes back every now and then to duet with Stallone. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't, you know, it helps, but not enough. Uh, but in Stallone's wardrobe in this film, by the way, too, is just like. Very strange. You want to talk about like the worst, the worst outfits of the '80s is in is his outfits in this movie. By the way, just I'm just, I'm just <laughs> stream of consciousness wa- watching it while Jesse's on the, the while we're uh, recording it. Just reminds me of just the bad things, you know. <clears throat> but this is the Dolly Parton show. Stallone is just there to just bring it down. I mean, financially, he's there to add, you know, bring in that crowd, like. For me to go see it, although I mean, I, I like Dolly Parton in the '80s is great. I'd go see a Dolly Parton. We have no problem with that. Nine to Five is amazing, like we've talked about on the podcast before. I say, meh, all around meh. it. Is it does it deserve to be as bad as people say it is, or like kind of the reputation? Not with Xanadu out there, and not with Garbage Pail Kids. You know, honestly, I'd say it's 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 there with Xanadu. Xanadu had you know Xanadu at least had some decent music at some parts, but it was still like just cringy cheesy but it, you know, it had some fun to it too the end was you know was fun uh will i ever watch it again no well maybe the last part with Olivia newton john and her numbers but maybe that might be it we'll ever watch rhinestone again never once is enough for this film <laughs> so that kind of gives you uh if that's any if that's how you judge these things stay away <laughs> uh and again unless you want to say that you've seen all of stallone's films 
Woo, wow. And just like that, my voice is better. So the magic of producing. Wow. So anyway, yeah. So I think I summed up roughly how I feel about this film. So let's talk about the trivia. Oh, well, Jesse, I mean, you didn't finish it, though. But I mean, you got, you, you've seen enough to I've where... I've seen enough. I watched can, the ending, too. Like, not, not the full ending, but the clip that's on YouTube uh, of mm-hmm. um, singing the final tune. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hard to say he got better. <laughs> hard to yeah. say. Uh, I mean, yeah, I that's, mean, what, that's what, that's what, exactly. That's, you know, in, in any other move, like, you know, Rocky, he comes back and wins, like clear, you know, or goes the distance, or Rocky too, he wins the championship. But this one, it, there's no, like, the, the end song should have been like a good song. Is it Stay and Out of My Bedroom? Dolly's singing. Yeah. Okay. I'm playing it's, it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did not seem like a final song, but... I watched this clip first, and then I watched mm. started watching the movie, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, clearly crowds into it, so this must be the final song, even though I didn't get to the end. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I mean, no. you're absolutely right. And they yeah, just, those background just, singers did a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell when Dolly comes in, like his vocals are turned like half down, like it's yeah. so reduced. Where he's basically a background, so it's not even a real duet, you know. I'm not even a musical, musically inclined person. It's just like I, I notice these. For me to notice it, that's a big thing. And it's just like you know, they should just dub him, just dub his singing voice. Yep. That would have made it funny. That would have made it entertaining. Like you know, uh, like, like over uh, the top good voice. <laughs> yeah, like uh, oh Andy Griffith, where Barney was singing in church, and like you know Barney couldn't really sing, but then they had the other dude or, or singing in the rain. They had the other you know first person behind the curtain. So every time he sang, he's singing to a dead mic, but it's like <laughs> operatic. Like they should have just done that. It would have been. It would have added to the. I mean, it's already a, a silly, silly movie, and they they had to know that. I mean, you see Stallone wearing this stuff. How can you not think that it's just ridiculous? You know, if this movie had been aware, did like a extended version of Drunkenstein at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like yep, we're going with Drunkenstein. That's there you that's go. That's the, the one. Or Drinkenstein, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, well, drink, yeah, Drinkenstein. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Then Dolly comes in. She's like, all right, enough. Saves the day. Yeah, yeah, with her helmet, hairsprayed helmet hair, which does not move. Thanks. What is that? Aquanet. Wasn't that the big hairspray in the eighties? But uh, always lovely to see Dolly. So I can't complain. I have no complaints in this movie about any part of. Dolly Parton's performance uh, could be biased, or I could just be in love. I don't know, maybe both. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about some of the trivia of this film. Well, here's what's now, you know, Sean, uh, late great Sean, Sir Sean Connery, turned down Lord of the Rings and I think Roland the Star Wars prequels to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, The Matrix. It was The Matrix and Lord of the Rings to do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Now that is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is definitely the worst of those three. Uh, films, I'd say, sure, but I still like that movie. I think it's fun, and he's awesome in it. But uh, I think it worked out for the best that he wasn't in. You know, wow, Neo, what are you doing here, Neo? Do you want me to go, you know, fuck somebody for you, Neo? Mm-hmm. I, I, I just imagine that's what Sean Connery does, because uh, he's you know, was James Bond. So anyway, <laughs> I take it back. I think all that that was dumb. That was a dumb thing to say. Anyway, I admit it. I see. I see. I can admit when I'm in a rhinestone moment by. Uh, Immediately apologizing and recognizing its ludicrousness. <laughs> anyway, so along those lines, Stallone, he turned down the uh, Michael Douglas role in Romancing the Stone and Beverly Hills Cop 
before it was rewritten as a comedy to make Rhinestone. Now, I think it's safe to say this worked out for everybody's favor except Stallone. <laughs> uh, because Michael Douglas is, I thought, was perfect for Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop, as a drama with Stallone, I, I feel like I've seen that movie too many times. I haven't seen Eddie Murphy as a cop in a comedy. So I would never want to see that. You know, we always joke about the what ifs or talk or postulate about them on the show. And uh, I definitely, I mean, would I want to see it? Yeah, but I, I, we won. I know we got the best version of Beverly Hills Cop with <laughs> peak Eddie Murphy. So it was a good thing. And uh, Stallone has said, on, is on record in an interview saying that if there was one film that he wished he hadn't done, it was this one. So, uh, and in Dolly's autobiography, My Life and Other Unfinished Business, uh, she said that she considers the soundtrack album for this movie some of her best work that she's ever done. And she says that the song, or she has stated that the song, What a Heartache, is actually a personal favorite of hers. And she's re recorded it twice uh, wow. since the movie. So she, she's proud of her work on this movie. And again, nothing bad to say about her in this movie, personally. Uh, she does exactly what she needed to do, she did her role to the absolute best. And it, you know, her parts worked. It's, it's, it's Stallone. I hate to, I hate to, you know, dump out, put it on Rocky's shoulders, but he can handle it. You want some more? That's all you got. I got more rock. Don't you worry. Uh, anyway, uh, although he couldn't stay in the movie itself, Stallone has also said that Dolly Parton is one of his favorite all-time favorite co-stars to work with. So I and I, I could see that. I mean, it would just be cool just to hang out with Dolly. Now, the original screen, I kind of uh, briefly touched on this earlier. The original screenwriter Phil Robinson was so upset. With Stallone's extent, his his words, extensive changes to the original screenplay that he briefly considered having his name removed. But unfortunately for him, he was convinced that having his name on a film of this quote caliber would be very beneficial for his resume. <laughs> and then as we look at his resume, he gave his field of dreams, like I mentioned before, Ghost Dad and Sneakers. So we got Field of Dreams out of it. So I'll take that as a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was at least nine years. I, I didn't know this. When I was a kid, I I had records still. That was the big thing. Your tapes were just kind of coming out. And I had a record player. You know, Disney used to come out with their storybooks that had a record player, a a 45 in it. 45 is like a smaller record. I'm sure all the hipsters that collect vinyls know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who, you know, like the easy way, like me, and the convenient way of having our music on our phones and not, you know, in vinyl records all over the place that take up way too much space and skip and you can't listen to your car, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, they come with a little storybook and you put it on, you know, and I, but you had these little, the vi- a record player had a little TV on it. So you'd, you'd put the record on top and it'd be like a little slideshow on the bottom if it had it, you know, to where you'd kind of read along with the movie or the book, excuse me. So my first musical playing device as a child was a record player, is what I'm getting at. Long story, too long. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but one of the first records, because my parents had a stack of records. Because uh, that's what that was the thing in the early '80s at the time. Still, before cassettes took over, and then of course CDs, uh, was the 45 single of Glenn Campbell's "Rhinestone Cowboy," which this movie claims to be based on. Which I know every damn word to that song, and I don't see where they got that from. <laughs> there's no there, well, there's a cowboy in the movie, but there's nothing like that goes with that to that song, like. And the songs, you know, my parents love Glenn Campbell. I mean, Glenn Campbell's talented. He's a terrible actor, by the way. Go watch the original True Grit if you want to see some of the worst acting of all time. 
Uh, but if you never heard of Glenn Campbell, the song Rhinestone Cowboy is, in my opinion, his best. And if I had to make a list of the top 10 country songs ever made, Rhinestone Cowboy would be on the list. I fucking love that song. It's an amazing song. I don't see what it has anything to do with this movie except the word rhinestone. So playing in the background anyway. right now. Yeah. And it's also playing in the background in the movie, like for one scene, like as a as a shout out for it. But anyway, as I was saying, uh, the movie was released nine years after its source, the Larry Weiss written song. Glenn Campbell didn't write a lot of his music, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Most people don't. Uh, it had been performed by Glenn Campbell. Campbell did not appear in the film, but the tune, according to Wikipedia, quote, served as the basis for this film. And like I just mentioned, it's played in the background during an earlier scene in the club. Uh, so it's yeah, also don't featured see, don't in see the, the movie connection High School High. Oh, was it? Yeah, there's a scene where, uh, was it John Lovitz? Is that the dance? He's like, put this oh. record on. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I was like, I was confusing it with a different movie, but now <laughs> when he said he was like the principal or something, I remember the cover now. Yeah. Like a 90s comedy? Yeah, it's a 90s I remember comedy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, well, of course, that John Lovitz in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember that scene, but I remember the movie. I think it was no, in the trailer. That's why I remember, remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I saw it, but I don't remember anything good about it. No. But I thought this was pretty cool. The three three of the main stars, Stallone, Dolly, and Tim Thomerson, were all born in 1946, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you watch the movie, you know, they don't look the same age. Because <laughs> Tim Thomerson's got a salt and pepper hair. Stallone's got his black hair. You know, jet black haired Dolly looks timeless as usual. Uh, so uh, he's the only one that really, I guess, well, 46 to 84. That's only like, that's 40. So yeah, he actually looks way old for his age. Tim Thomerson looks incredibly old, looked incredibly old. Of course, they could have had a wig or done something with his hair, but he looked like he was in his 60s in this movie. And, you know, I could see Dolly and Stallone not, you know, being in their 30s in it, but they were, you know, right at 40 or a little under, a little under 40, 40, I guess. Now, as I mentioned before, in much of the much of the bad history of this film comes from like its Razzie nominations. So this movie was nominated for eight Razzies at the fifth annual Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Picture, which it lost to Bolero, Worst Director, lost to John Derrick for Bolero, Worst Screenplay, which it lost to Bolero, Worst Music Score, which it lost to Bolero, mm, wow. Worst Actor, which it did win, justifiably so, for Stallone's performance in this. Worst Supporting Actor, Brooke Shields won for Sahara. Worst Original Song, it did win that one for Drinkenstein, (laughs) (laughs) justly so. And it did receive the uh, special award, the worst musical of our first 25 years. Now, Mm. it should be noted, you know, again, this film is maligned. It's considered one of the worst movies ever. It's It's a but a lot of jokes. And, you know, it's not a good movie. There's a lot of worse movies out there. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of Razzies, it only won three. Let's, let's see, uh, actor, Two? song, and that's it, I said, right? And then the worst musical oh, of the right, first right, 25 right, years. Yeah. So it technically only got three. Here's no, movies five, that yeah. have that have more Razzies than Rhinestone. Rocky IV, which shouldn't have any. Catwoman, Holly Berry's disaster piece. Fifty Shades of Grey. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Last Airbender. Geely. Showgirls. Battlefield Earth. And in case, here's your, here's your Jeopardy question for the day. Uh, the number one worst film of all time, according to the Razzies, it won every category it was nominated in at 10, 10 Razzies. The Adam Sandler disaster piece, Jack and Jill, is the worst movie ever made, according to the Razzies. According uh, to this like uh, I said, I, IMDb, um, 
from Justin to Kelly won the worst musical over 25 years, even though I did see it was credited as winning it. But if you actually click on the link, it shows the, all the uh, nominees here. Well, I love Wikipedia. I donated $10 earlier today for oh, Giving okay. Tuesday. It was on Wikipedia. So, yeah. So, but if they IMDb, IMDb is a little more quote unquote respectable. So we'll put a question mark by that one. We'll go, Bottom we'll line go is, this is not the here. worst movie. It's not the worst movie ever made. Uh, is it is it the worst Stallone performance ever? Absolutely. Have I seen every Stallone movie? All of them, but maybe two. Uh, Pacific Heights or, or some movie, something like that. I haven't seen his. Uh, but this is, of all the Stallone movies that I've seen, which are 98% of them, this is his worst performance. <laughs> and honestly, if you take him out and you put in like a Tom Hanks or even an Arnold, you put Arnold in this, and then, but you dub his voice, you know, you go that route to where like he's dumb, but it turns out he actually quote unquote, you know, I don't know, say, that's the word of the episode today, words of the episode today, quote unquote. Uh, it's one of those things goes in your head and you don't remember it. Yeah. So, uh, or you keep repeating it. I should, it's in your head and you keep repeating it. Uh, you know, Stallone just, uh, like I said, I think that's, it's the biggest thing that just stopped this movie from being anything special other than just a malign movie. Uh, even without him, it's still kind of a TV movie caliber, to be honest. Uh, but like I said, Dolly's a bright spot in it. The supporting cast, you know, nobody's necessarily bad in it, really, except Stallone. And the story is, what'd you say, Jesse? It's, I mean, it's pretty much, it's a typical story that you've seen a hundred times before. Right. Under With different coats of paint. You said, uh, she's a, all that, She's I all think, that or, without the secret, which makes mm-hmm. it less interesting. Yeah, because then also the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, there's this bet, the secret bet that Stallone's not going to know about. Right. And then in the last act, he's going to be told about, I'm just a bet to you. Is that all I am to you is a bet? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. They they cover that in the first, like, you're just, nope. like this is just a bet. They're I'm both trying to win. on it. <laughs> yeah. But they do have the part where she's like, well, actually, I said I'd sleep with him if I, if I lost the bet. And he's like, whoa, 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 that's not going to happen. So that's when he decides to, you know, step it up. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he doesn't want Dolly to have to sleep with F.U., what was his name? <laughs> Freddie Hugo. There's a definite slime ball in the movie, and you know, but uh, in a very 80s comedic way. Yeah. And what that means is incredibly inappropriate by all of today's standards, is what right. that means. So, but yeah, so that kind of wraps it up. Word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie has been remade, like you said, in just a different, same story, just different circumstances. Yeah. And that's not even the only example. I mean, if you really think about it, you can think of a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, numerous Saved by the Bell episodes, <laughs> <to> be, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but you know, to rank this movie, it's not the worst movie we've ever done on the podcast. Uh, it's not a good movie. It's not a great movie. But it's also, again, it's not a worst movie. It's just a bad movie. Do you think it deserves for a three point nine? Yes, I think three because I give it a four. Okay. I say it's <laughs> an, honestly, and it, it gets a four from me. I, going into it, I was like, okay, you know, okay, this isn't too bad. It, until they go to this country and it's like, okay, now the, whatever little hope I had nosedived at that point, because again, <laughs> I knew going into this movie, it was almost two hours and 20 minutes in, we're in the country. I'm like, Oh God, this is going to be like an hour and a half in this, in this part, in this country part. That's not as funny until we get back to the city where at least I, there was some visual entertainment there for me. So, uh, but Dolly alone gives it a point, uh, cause she's great in it. And, you know, so I think the 3.9, you know, slash four in my book, you know, anything under a three to me is like bad, like, like legit bad, like in terms of like, don't waste your time. Do I think you should watch this? I gave those reasons earlier. Uh, 
do I consider you waste your time? No, I think I think this is I think this is one this can fall in that category. Not of so bad it's good, but you know, hey, I want to drink tonight. <laughs> Let me watch something stupid while I'm drunk. Watch the or, hour you know, and a half version. Because honestly, I didn't yeah. think it was that bad. I thought, I mean, you know, I thought it was very, very average, even below average, but Absolutely. it wasn't deserving of a three point nine, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the two hour, the like I said, I give it a four based on the whole hour fifty one. But it's it's def it's as, I absolutely agree on the fact that it's not as bad as its repu- the reputation that precedes it mm-hmm. does not equate to the actual quality of the film. I mean, you have a list talent. You have Stallone, Dolly, Bob Clark directing. You, so you have a good director. Stallone's writing. So I mean, you have again on paper you have this is going to be a fifty million dollar hit. Yeah. And, and, and we're no, watching it in twenty twenty one. We know what to expect. <laughs> It's not like we go. stumbled into the movie theater in 1984 <laughs> and uh, yeah. hoping to see, oh, man, he just did Rambo. Can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, honestly, like, you know, if you put yourself on that time frame, like I said, uh, Gremlins, uh, Ghostbusters and Temple of Doom have all been out already. So if you were looking for something to see that you hadn't seen already, which seeing any of those previously mentioned movies is for the second or third time is better than watching this movie for the first. Yeah. You know, that's where it got its money. Like, you know, or the kid, you know, the parents didn't want to. I don't want to see that ghost movie. That's probably too scary. The kids can go see it. We're going to go see Rhinestone because Dolly's in it. That's a complete fallacy of what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious in my voices. Uh, more of my accents in a little bit, too, for the lovely letter from a longtime listener. <laughs> uh, so went over the trivia. But yeah, you know, so it's not, yeah, we said it already, you know, uh, yeah. what we feel about it. So. No need to keep repeating it like I tend to do sometimes. In the real world, this released June 22nd, 1984. To wash your ears from the horridness of Drinkenstein from this film, you didn't have to wait long because three days later, on June 25th, 1984, one of the greatest albums of all time, and not just the 80s, was released in the form of Prince's, excuse me, Prince and the Revolution, Hmm. Purple Rain. The sixth studio album from Prince, and it was actually the first album where the revolution was credited as well. So that's why I made sure that I said it there. So there you go. That kind of time stamps the movie. So you were listening to Prince on your record player or your cassette player at the time. Mm. Uh, you can listen, I guess the cassette players were in cars at that point. I don't know when they actually kind of became that you know affordable tech level of technology. Because right. I, mean, I remember when VCRs were like, if you had a VCR, you were rich. And like we joked with Jesse, you had like, like two of them at one point. Two. <laughs> or three. Yeah. Big spender. No, but you know, VCRs used to be obscenely expensive, but uh, you know, they came down really quickly with the advent of uh, more titles coming to home video quicker and the demand and everything. So, not sure when cassettes accomplished that, but I remember like boom boxes. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if the kids even know what those were called. You know, the big stereo systems that we called it with the detachable speakers on each side and dual cassette decks. You can record, you know, copy tapes and all sorts of cool shit. I remember those were like obscenely expensive. And then by the time I was actually like old enough to, you know, get tapes with my allowance or lawn mowing money or whatever that for Christmas, I, I got, you know, a small one with just, you know, a uh, little handheld one uh, with one cassette. And then eventually they came lower enough a couple of Christmas later, you know, got the big one with the lights and I could take the speakers off, put a speaker on this part of the room, put a speaker over here. And I could listen to, you know, Metallica, kill them all like super loud, that kind of stuff. So, I don't know where it's going with that. But anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, Jesse, anything, any new stuff you were uh, came across this week? 
Uh, since nothing we last I've spoke. been able to jump into. I finally got a uh, Black Friday sale of Cyberpunk, so I'm going to be jumping into that. Soon. Nice. Uh, much like Rhinestone, much like <laughs> Rhinestone, a, a, a something that, oh, similarly, I should say to Rhinestone, a maligned video game release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played through the whole thing. Now, did I, I played on PlayStation 4. Uh, want to play it on 5 when I finally fucking get one. Uh, so any listeners out there that don't want to scalp their favorite podcast host for the PS5, <laughs> let me know. Uh, but anyway... Oh, look at that. The right stuff is playing. Just notice that on the... Yeah. <laughs> We're still watching Rhinestone on TV. Yeah. On, a, on the uh, Just skipping through the Discord. last 30 minutes. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Gotta watch but, the horse uh, anyway. scene, though. Oh, yeah. You come there with a horse. You know, see, that's the thing. The comedy in this film is so off. Like, this could be funny, but the time... You know, what's the number one rule of comedy? Timing. There is no comedic timing in this film. Honestly, that, I, think I, I think I just realized it. Because this scene should be funny, but it's like... It should be a five second scene, but it's like 20 seconds long of them like saying why the horse is there. Mm. It should have been, you know, you got comedy has to get in and out. Like that's kind of a, that's kind of the, the art of it. And this film doesn't have that timing, except like I said, that, uh, <laughs> that part in the beginning. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I th- Cyberpunk, I thought, I think was awesome. I enjoyed every second of it. I only had a couple of like crashes, uh, but I tend to save very, very often when I play a game, uh, especially an RPG. Going to do a quest, let me save. Mm. So when it did like, you know, lock up or whatever, I just lost a few minutes. Um, but of course now all the bugs should be worked out because it's yeah. I guess almost a year old now. I maybe waited, even. got it half off. <laughs> it's worth it. I mean, I, it's like it's a great, it's an amazing game that got unfairly judged because oh, it locks up. And if I'm playing it on a on a not even I PS4 Pro, I should uh, I was what I was playing it on. Mm-hmm. And I had enough I only had enough lockups on one hand, like in terms of like crashes i should say maybe i was lucky i don't know but i mean i hoard equipment i put stuff in the safe house you know i mean like skyrim you know like i have or you're going back to morrowind like my xbox one save for that had to be massive because like i mean i had different houses from the people you know because what do you do in morrowind and elder scrolls if they don't give you a house you eventually have to kill somebody and make and take their house and you put your stuff in it (laughs) and decorate it you know so that all increases your save file but yeah uh i think you'll like cyberpunk uh my only advice would be just just play it, play it how you want to because it's 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 just like The Witcher in that regard. You know, it's you're gonna you're gonna create your own story, and you gotta live with the consequences, mm. and that's what makes it really really fun. And I, I know had nothing about it, so it'll be interesting to go in there. Yeah, but it's like it's like to me Cyberpunk twenty or was it twenty seventy seven or I forget the the tag the number to it, but I, I give it a nine. Like yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Well, uh, since last week, I've seen a plethora. Of movies, mainly because starting tomorrow, December first, as I I do for Halloween, my wife likes to do for Christmas. We'll start watching Christmas movies. Oh boy! So you know, and I mean, there's some. Don't get me wrong; I love watching some Christmas movies, but I don't think there's 25 of them that I like to watch every mm. year, uh, especially Elf, because that's I think my wife's favorite Christmas movie. Mm. And nothing against Elf, but I've the problem is I've seen it too many times that I need to go a few Christmases without seeing it mm. to want to watch it again. It's like a Christmas story because TBS used to do like 24 hours of a Christmas story. And it was like, no, nah, that's, that's too much. I can't watch that movie <laughs> for a while now. I need, I need time to process it. But uh, so I try to get in as many movies as I can. I mean, usually I tend to watch at least a movie a night or we watch a movie or we catch up on a show that we're watching. Like we finished Tiger King season two, which was fine, I guess. I mean, just more watching crazy people be crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, 
We watched a couple. I watched a couple of old movies that I had never seen, but I wanted to catch up on. One was Brain Scan with uh, Edward Furlong from the nineties, wow. which I remember like it looking so cool at the time, and then it sucked really bad. <laughs> uh, and then another. It's a foreign film, a French film, with one of my favorite actors, uh, Jean Reno. Uh, of course, Mission Impossible. Uh, Leon, the professional, uh, great actor, but it's kind of a. It's supposed to be like an over the top action movie. It's how it was built to me because actually I have to give props to uh, Cinemassacre because uh, James on there was saying like, oh, it's one of my favorite movies and like nobody's seen it. It's kind of like shoot 'em up and all that. So I'm expecting it to be an over the top action movie, which it is when there's action. What is the movie? But there's hardly – it's called Wasabi, just like, you know, Wasabi, Wasabi and Ginger. Okay. W-A-S. Yeah. But uh, it just – it didn't have that much action. I, I kind of went into it expecting it to be an action movie, but it's more of a – like it's it's listen I to be action drama comedy it should be drama comedy action. Mm. It's not a bad movie. I just went in expecting the wrong thing based on how it was kind of presented to me. But it's a good movie nonetheless. Uh, Jean Reno is a very good actor. And then I tried to I tried to be artsy fartsy and watch this movie that won the Palme d'Or because uh, mm. the trailer looked batshit crazy and it's called uh, it's spell it's it looks like Titan but it's spelled T I T A N E so I'm not sure if that's I'm pronouncing it right. And it was super fucked up, and uh, I need to like wash my eyes of it, kind of thing. Like I didn't like it; it was too much for me. It was just too far out. Like, and I like Eraserhead from Lynch, so this was just like, where I, where is this going? This is just fucked up for the sake of being fucked up. It's just trying to be too <laughs> weird for its own good, and it's, it's like it's a pretentious David Lynch movie. You're, uh, somebody's pretent- pretentiously trying to be like David Lynch. I was just like, you know, the trailer for it was like, you know, winner of the Palm d'Or, like the mo- the the strangest ride you'll ever t- take. Nah, it, it was it was just like, okay, mm. blah. So, uh, but then also Hawkeye started on Disney Plus. Watched the first two episodes of that. I did watch that. Uh, I re- I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, you know, Hawkeye's. Never been my favorite Avenger in the comics or the movies. I like Jeremy Renner. I like Haley Stanfield. I like uh, Vera Farminga. Uh, obviously, the dad, the the stepdad, is you know the bad guy. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> yeah. you know, there's there's they're not even trying to hide it. Although no. maybe they'll try to pull something out of it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. You know, it's only two episodes in, but I, li- I th- it's smart of them. They set it during Christmas and it's yeah. airing in December. It that is, a is nice great thing to do that uh, because. I don't think they've had any Christmas themed uh, Marvel things, yeah. have they? Well, Iron Man three, I think, but that's in my opinion, that's uh, the worst oh, right, 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 right. MCU movie there is, in my opinion. Uh, I'd rather watch Thor: The Dark World than Iron Man three or Tony Stark one. I think I call nice it when that, it came out. Um, Clint's goal is to get home before Christmas, though. It feels like yeah, it, a little it, John Hughesy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you know, we know how it's going to end. The last episode is like it's Christmas and Daddy's not here. Yeah. Oh, mom. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> oh, Clint. You know, yeah. It's, it's gonna. It's gonna if it doesn't have that moment, I'll be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I would do anything to get home to my family. Uh, excuse me, Poker King of the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to help you. Here. You know, they just they digitally put them in or something, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Uh, oh, man. That, that would be great. But yeah, oh, I'm enjoying the series so far. We did watch something. It was actually based on something you said on the podcast last time. We watched a uh, promising young woman. Oh, what'd you think of it? Really liked it. Me too. Like I was yeah. when I I, think I I talked about it on the podcast. I was blown away by it, but uh, glad you liked it. 
Yeah, uh, Melissa and I both liked it. It's hard to please Melissa when it comes to movies, but she she enjoyed it. We both think uh, the ending had to be the way it was because she was like, absolutely. Yeah, she was like, couldn't it have been something else? I was like, no, it had to be that. <laughs> it, had, that's, that's, it would not have been good if you know, without spoiling it, right? If that ending was any different, like, yeah, it, it was the pathos of that character went to its where it needed to go in the movie, and that's mm-hmm. that's one thing I was just. Damn! It was like damn. Yeah, because I could imagine I in the writing process, you're like, "Is this the right thing to do?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> so I mean, I'm Absolutely. I'm glad they made that uh, that choice. Because yeah, yeah, very brave good. choice, stunning yeah. and brave. It's one of those movies that really inspires me as an independent filmmaker because I'm like, okay, all of that was very doable. So it really, just yeah. comes down to having good actors <laughs> and a good script. You know, locations mm-hmm. and stuff. Use what you got. But because uh, that all those locations were very doable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Need to Did, uh, you watch, uh, oh, oh, yes. That's the hard part. <laughs> part of the hard part, I guess, you know, <laughs> but uh, everything in time. But uh, did you watch the uh, South Park COVID special or post COVID? I did watch that. Yes. That was great. Yeah. And I like that. And the. Uh, it's episodic. <laughs> so I was like, I was yeah, hoping I for an ending. In, so. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I got to wait for the next one. <laughs> I know. It's just at that, that last moment, I'm like, no, not <laughs> in here. Yeah. Like, While I was watching the time, I was like, oh, no way. They're wrapping this up. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I guess that's how they're doing, like, their, you know, how they're working their, their billion dollar, almost billion. I think it was a billion dollars, whatever. Their uh, yeah. contractor. I guess it's just counting as, like, one of the quote unquote movies. Yeah, we'll just make hour long like, movies. <laughs> yeah, so which I'm fine with. Absolutely, yeah, they're going to do this for like basically a season this way. Mm-hmm. Fine with it, and uh, all the I mean the little things in it were were so great. I mean they're still trading matters. Still, just, the twist got me because I did. I was oh, really? not, I was not suspicious. Uh, really? Yeah. Me either. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was like, I don't know who that person is, and then they show it, and like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, kept, I kept thinking it had to be. Um, it was maybe it was actually Kenny like in the cell or something. And then it was just like, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the character we're talking about didn't do the spoiler free is one yeah. of Melissa's favorites. And so oh, she said at the end, it was like, I was wondering where that person was. So, <laughs> yeah. So she was, she was a little suspicious mm-hmm. as to why, you know, there was no appearance. So yeah. Looking forward to the next one. Well, see, like, honestly, in hindsight, yeah. Because in hindsight, you know, I was thinking, like, why didn't I think that, too? But I think that that's good television, good movie, good writing, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, di- I didn't have time to think about it because I was so, was so paying much attention going to everything on. else. Exactly. Yeah, you, you know, were seeing all, even, like, all of these. It didn't even cross my mind. You're seeing the next level of all these people. So it's like, yeah. It was, ex- it was exciting to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you knew, you knew something was going to be up with Cartman. I'm just like, where's Cartman? Is yeah, he exactly. Be a movie stars. He got like what's where? What's Cartman gonna be? I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for like whenever this ends. Like Scotchy, you know, you gotta Kyle. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't I don't buy it. Like I, I'm with Kyle. Like I don't buy it. But cracking like they they still got it, man. Like it's yeah, so they do. It's like good on them. Like so many people, you know, Game of Thrones nine on Ironfield. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> they, they they deliver every like I have. No, I mean, when they're in their 90s, hopefully live that long and are still putting stuff out. Like, I have utmost faith in them, mm. no matter, as long as their names are on it, 100%. <laughs> but uh, 
movie wise, I did in terms of like digital releases. Uh, I did see the new Venom, uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage, mm-hmm. which uh, for a now Carnage is a serial killer in the comics. I'm not sure if you're familiar, if any of our listeners are. I'm sure some are, some aren't. But he's basically Venom, but he's red and black, and like he makes his arms into blades, and he was a serial killer, so he just likes to kill people. He's just evil. He's Carnage. Uh, but the movie's PG-13. However, they do an amazing job of being as violent as possible in a PG-13. So their head's getting bit off in a PG-13 way, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, chomp off camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say their F-bomb for a great moment. Because all PG-13s can have an, at least one F-bomb, I believe. I think maybe it's two these days, but usually it's one. And they saved it for the right moment. Uh, you know, it's no MCU movie. Uh, but I love Tom Hardy. I love Woody Harrelson. I like, uh, oh, what's the girl's name? Naomi Harris is a good actress, and uh, so is uh, Michelle Williams. So you got a strong cast. And it's, you know, you could tell everybody's having fun with their role. Like, you know, is it is it like the best movie ever? No. But is it a fun ride? Yeah. And Andy Serkis actually directed it, too. And uh, he loves the... Uh, <laughs> That I call that like comic book jump shot, you know, where they're jumping at each other. Like Thor Ragnarok had like four of them. Mm. There's about five of them in this movie, <laughs> but uh, it was really good. Like, yeah, at fir- the first Venom, I was kind of on the fence of just how they were kind of doing it, you know. But you could tell Tom Hardy likes playing this character, and Woody Harrelson just went 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 with it all the way, kind of playing a little bit of uh, Roy Munson a little bit kind of <laughs> vibe in some parts. But uh, it's great. It was it was fun. It was fun. And be sure to watch the credit sequence. It's one of the best and most impactful. When you see it, you'll see what I mean. Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. In right. a comic book movie. <laughs> Big figures. So, yeah. But uh, give it a watch if you like the first one. I think this one's better than the first one. Huh. Uh, Andy Serkis. Mainly because you got Carnage in it. Because, uh, and actually I was reading too, they wanted Carnage in the first one. But they decided the budget got cut or something. So they substituted whatever the symbiote was in that one. Cause that symbiote is in the comics, but not, you know, carnage was the first like spawn of venom is what he was called. Mm. And then like, then you had all these other ones down the road when venom became, you know, it was, that, it was like Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn stopped being a maniacal evil character when people liked her too much. Same thing with venom. Venom used to want nothing in the world, but to eat Spider-Man's brains <laughs> literally, but now he's a hero. So, you know, some of those villains make those turns, you know, uh, Venom's one of them, but it was great. Uh, I guess, it was good. Excuse me. I enjoy, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, if you like the series, definitely check it out. And now we have not one, not two, but three emails that we're going to get to right now. Nice. Uh, the first one is from a, a, a Canuck. I hope that's not an offensive term, uh, but Dr. Ryan, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Lara, Lalera. I'm not sure. Uh, don't hold it against me. I'm sorry. I'm just a dumb American. Uh, but he says, Candy Hanks and Random Musings. Hi, Trey and Jesse. Came across the podcast a couple of months ago. Tonight, watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I remembered I needed to write you. I'm enjoying the John Candy month, though I still believe Spaceballs is superior to Armed and Dangerous or The Good Outdoors. I agree completely. Uh, finished all the Deathmatch episodes for both events, and I wish I had listened at the time to chime in. <laughs> Looking forward to the next one. Uh, so maybe next year. Uh, oh, sorry. So maybe next year, I'd suggest Hank's Giving. As you haven't, that I can tell, covered Big Splash, The Money Pit. We did do The Money Pit. It's one of the earliest episodes. Mm-hmm. The Burbs and Turner and Hooch. Haven't done any of those other ones, but we have done The Money Pit. You know, I haven't touched on these and the greatness that is Tom Hanks. That's a great idea. Probably will steal that. Remind yeah. me next year around Thanksgiving, in case I forget. 
because uh, definitely I've been, I've been wanting to do the burbs for a while, but just it, it's kind of like planes, trains, and all those. I kind of wanted to do it, you know, kind of a, maybe a lead in to Halloween or something. But you know, Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving, as you put it, is a great way to do it. Like and that. Splash, I've been, I've been wanting to watch that for a, rewatch that for a long time too, because I used to watch the hell out of that when I was a kid. And also, John Candy's in it, so it was actually a contender for Candy Month. But I wanted it was to me again. He wasn't the main one of the main characters in it, mm-hmm. so we didn't incorporate it there. But it's an absolute great idea. Uh, but he says, uh, you haven't touched on these and the greatness that is Tom Hanks. Uh, just listen to the Pee Wee's Big Adventure episode from 2014. Yeah, for the Oscars that year, Gravity sucked. I don't remember what I said, but uh, Christmas is coming, so don't forget you haven't discussed Die Hard. We actually did, but he did put in parentheses that I could find, at least, in trading places. <laughs> I got so many. I got good news for you. Die Hard's already done. That was another early one like the Money Pit. Uh, yeah. So you'll hear, you know, long, long departed host in terms of the podcast, Daniel Santangelo on both of those, the Money Pit and Die Hard. And good news for you, Trading Places is one of the Christmas movies we're doing this year. Like I just said with Planes, Trains, Automobiles, and the Burbs, that is one that had to be done during Christmas time. And that's kind of like our, you know, as a spoiler, so to speak, for the next few episodes, uh, we're going to do kind of a Christmas trilogy of sorts. Uh, we're going to do three Christmas-themed movies this year. Trading Places will be the crescendo, because that is absolutely one of the best Christmas movies. Next to Scrooged, which is my personal favorite but he goes on to say uh damn there's so many others keep up the good work thank you very much we will do our best uh need more of what was happening at the time of movie releases and perhaps other 80s related discussion uh try to incorporate that a little bit more too with like the i've I've tried to do that the last couple episodes as well so we'll keep trying to do that you know to keep it kind of related and everything if you got any other ideas dr ryan please let us know and by doctor he's a veterinarian so if you got any vet questions do not bombard him but you can ask us uh, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll relay our friend of the pod to see if he can help you out. Mm. But uh, nevertheless, thanks for listening. Uh, you know what? I'll give you a free plug too, uh, Ryan. Uh, follow him at Dr. Ryan Lara, R-Y-A-N-L-L-E-R-A on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And he has a pet column uh, with the King Sinus News dash Wizard of Paws. So check him out. Uh, thanks for listening. Doc, if you don't mind, I'll call you that. I always, I always feel like I want to call somebody who's a doctor, Doc. I want to have a Doc in my life. You know, Marty yeah. had Doc. Hey, Snow White had Doc. <laughs> Everybody, you know, in the thing, they even had Doc. You know, yeah. I got to have a Doc. So, Ryan, as far as the podcast is concerned, with your consent, because consent is very important, we like to call you Doc. So, What's moving on, Doc? next, Peter Gray. Oh, Peter, by the way, good before you get into that, episode oh, 27 right. is the Die Hard episode, and we paired it with Lethal Weapon. That could oh, easily have been two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we never thought it would be, oh, wait, we didn't mention this, Jesse, 250 episodes. Yeah. Maybe we would have done that a little differently. But, hey, at the time, we were just, well, me and Daniel were podcast virgins. Yeah, so. that was 220-something episodes ago, 23 episodes <laughs> yeah, math, ago. Math, math, math <laughs> but, yeah, wow. the, those two were there, Ryan, so check those out. And, as always, feel free to let us know what you think. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, now, we got a, now we got one that I have to, I have to be humbled by. So mm-hmm. our good friend, UK Pete, Peter Gray says your accent, dot, 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 <laughs> dot, four dots. So, you know, it's really fucking serious. Oh, Trey, here's what he says, his words. And I will not do it in an accent because of this email. <laughs> Trey, I only know you via your podcast, but I consider us to be on friendly terms. So please four dots again. So I'm like, oh God, never, ever, 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 <laughs> forever attempt that accent parentheses, whatever the fuck it was meant to be again, three exclamation points. It was a crime to accents. Another three exclamation points. So, Hey Pete, like I always say, my friend, and believe me, I know, I, I know I do bad accents, uh, but you know what? Pete's you making Brit, a joke. 
I think he really maybe. wants you to do it. Oh, maybe maybe I'll read the rest of it in uh, <laughs> a Cockney accent. He says he enjoyed the PT and A episode greatly, and he misses John Candy too. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving, Pete. Sorry, Pete, had to do it. Jesse, egg probably me good on. enough for stage, right? <laughs> I, I would guess, yeah. but I gotta say this: you know, British actors can do the most amazing American accents to where you have me personally. Uh, have I've had you know Andrew Lincoln on The Walking Dead? I had never seen Love Actually until Autumn made me watch it, <laughs> which you know it's a good movie. However, you know I I've I've never you know Alan Rickman is one of the greatest villains of all time, but his most villainous role is Love Actually because when he breaks Emma Thompson's heart, I mm-hmm. want to strangle you know, God rest his soul. I love Alan Rickman. I want to strangle that character so bad <laughs> for doing that to that poor lady. Uh, so like anybody asks you know what's Alan Rickman's? Where's he? You know he's always a good villain. Love actually is the answer. Prove me wrong. Because you like him and and as the sheriff of Nottingham. Of course, Snape is not really a villain. He's kind of like Venom almost. You think he's a bad guy, but he's actually good. You know, uh, and who a diehard, you know, he's a charming, you know, Hans Gruber, another Christmas movie. There you go, too. So, uh, yeah, you know, I apologize to you and not just you, but everybody who was affected by my bad accent. I admit it's bad. I mean, that has to give me some points, right? I mean, can't can I do it if I'm telling you it's bad? I don't know. That's a that's a philosophical debate for another time. But as always, Pete, we always appreciate you chiming in. Hope everything's going good over there in the UK for you. And lastly, our last email from our new friend and constant contributor with emails and tweets, Mike Hastings. He says, gentlemen, voice at first. Oh, sorry. The title of the email, Candy Month was Dandy. Gentlemen, a really fabulous month of candy classics. Just finished the PT&A cast. And the only thing you have wrong is your score of 9.5. It's an easy 10 for me. Mm. Not going to argue, my friend. Not going to argue. I mentioned before that a potential fantastic theme month for you guys can take place in January, the birth month of the fantastic Nicolas Cage and <laughs> the fantastic Trey Harris. Uh, mind you, the 80s were not my favorite era of Cage. The 90s are much better. Uh, I think I'm offhand. I think I would agree. I don't, I'm trying to think of you know, Con Air was 90s. Yeah. Face Off. I like him and Face Off. I don't like Face Off, but I like Cage and Face Off. So, yeah, you know, I think you're probably right. Uh, but the four 80s cage flicks that you could possibly do are Valley Girl, Peggy Sue Got Married, one of my wife's favorites, Moonstruck, and Raising Arizona. This way you can save the insane Vampire's Kiss for next Halloween. Great idea. Your 80s brother from Canada. Another Canuck. And again, I'm sorry. If, if Canuck is a not PC term, let me know. I've, I've just, I just I repeat what I hear. Americans say it. It's, it can be derogatory. Okay. But maybe. Um, but it says on Wikipedia, it's mostly an affectionate term for any Canadian. Oh, but okay. Just so Canadians. all the Canadians know, <laughs> it is that, that is that is my use of the term Canuck. I love you guys. I love Canada. I don't want to yeah. kill you. Like South Park. Also, is you know, it Canuck or Canuck or Canuck or Canuck? I don't. I'm not even going to get into that because <laughs> I will say it every different way from Saturday, right or Sunday. I think the expression. Let us know in but an yeah. email, and we can either stop using it or keep using it. <laughs> yeah, it's up to you guys and girl. Yeah, yeah. That I haven't written in. Uh, but he's a, your 80s brother from Canada, Mike Hastings. So, yeah, Mike, I don't think we're going to do a, an actual cage month in January. Uh, it's a good idea. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we will definitely be covering some of those as we're going. But uh, when I was going back, because on this podcast, we keep our promises. It might be years, years, and years later. Mm-hmm. But if I promise something on the podcast, it will happen at some point. Yeah. Like I said, the time thing is negligible, but it will happen. So you never know and when we're going to get trapped in the cage. It might be a random episode and all of a sudden you hear ding, 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 cage match. <laughs> it's not even the right episode. It yeah. might say 
you might say big, but it's actually <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. Mm. We're that crazy. We're that cagey. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> a good idea. But uh, what I'm getting at is the next actual, I mean, we're going to do a couple of, a mini theme for Christmas. We're going to do three different Christmas movies next. Uh, more on that in just a second. But then the next themed month, will or the next themed group of movies will be the Bond films of the 80s. Because I made a graphic oh, yeah. about three or four years ago. <laughs> you did. <laughs> about like coming soon. Because me and Autumn were going through all the Bond films. I had seen all of them previously except maybe three or four. And I was, so I was, I was starting from the beginning going through them all. And we pretty much stopped or we ended up leaving off because, I mean, we had a move in that and we, you know, all that kind of stuff that's happened. If you, you know, the pod, you know what, you, know what I'm talking about. So I want to get that taken care of because that's been out there a long time. And it would have been great if I would have thought about it when we first came back because No Time to Die came out a few months, yeah. a month or so ago. And it would have been timely. It even got However, delayed a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we still missed it. <laughs> still still missed it. But I, if I remember, I think there's six Bond films in the 80s. So I'm, what I might actually do is do like, a, you know, maybe we'll do the first half and then the second half. But I want to get that done because that's been out there a long time. Oh, wait. No, uh, non. OK. Yeah. Never say never again. Forget about that one. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, you know, quote unquote Bond film. Right. Right. Because it's well, more than that when we talk about it. But right. nevertheless, you know, again, as with Cage and expect the unexpected, because believe me, I'm with I'm with you, Mike. I love Nicolas Cage. I think he's one of the most. He's like the rhinestone of actors. Well, no, no, that's not that's not a, that's not a good thing. Uh, what's a a really good movie that people hate? But it's actually a really good movie. I can't think of one off the top of my head. But uh, you know, Cage is you know, like rhinestone, he's unfairly judged. But you know, whereas I give rhinestone a four, I give Cage a ten. Hmm. Because uh, anybody out there who hates Nicolas Cage, you know, that's your opinion. You, I respect it. But go watch uh, on YouTube. He has some videos. Uh, I think like uh, what magazine? Like Premiere or something. Just search like Nicolas Cage. And like where he talks about his method behind some of his roles and uh i think that's a good place if you if you think he's just like you know if your only reference point of nicholas cage is season of the witch and wicker man you're off base because that's like that is like the stereotypical public cage that's not the you know the real meat and potato so to speak of how honestly how good of an actor and how much thought he puts into roles uh as he does if you kind of listen to some of the interviews about him when he talks about what he did to prepare for him. You know, he's, I think he's a real actor, actor, if that makes sense. Uh, so always love for Nicholas cage here on the podcast. So next week, no episode next week. I'm telling you now, uh, we're going on a short little vacation to Utah, do a little sightseeing and, uh, info gathering, but we will return on, I'll tell you the exact date. So this will be out December 3rd, roughly. We won't have an episode December 10th, but the 17th, 24th, and 31st, we will have a trio of Christmas-inspired films. And on the 31st, because the 31st is New Year's and Trading Places goes through Christmas and to Merry New Year. I'll tell you, the spoiler for it will be on the 31st, we'll be doing Trading Places, just like I kind of spoiled planes, trains, and automobiles nice. uh, last month for John Candy. So no episode next week, so don't be scared. We will be back on the 17th, 24th, 31st. And again, until there's like a scheduling conflict, because... Yeah. We are here. And remember, on the podcast, you don't ever have to worry about there not being another episode unless the episode is on They Live. So just remember that. All, all you new, we, I'm going to say this once for all you new people. <laughs> okay? You don't have to worry about it. Yep, yeah, because we, we said that before. Because we're saving that one to close out the show on. 
you know, we started we started with uh, John Carpenter with Big Trouble in Little China. We're going to end with John Carpenter. And I think we've done every Carpenter movie in the 80s except that anyway. So if you see They Live, it's going to be a sad day. But it's, no, it's going to be a culmination of everything of this podcast. And I'm only saying this because it's a long way away. Mm-hmm. So we still got a shit ton of movies to do in the 80s. So, yeah. And if you got any other suggestions, again, send them. Everything goes in file 13, as my mom would say, uh, for you know episodes to do or films to do later. Uh, so yeah, but so next week, no episode Christmas time. Then we're going to go talk about for the new year. The first group of episodes will be bond. Bond. James bond. James bond. Uh, so there we go. So until next time, everybody, my voice will try to make me remain. Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. <laughs> that was, that was the long. All right. right. I get it. <laughs> Bye everybody. this show and more on facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on twitter at awesome pods